Welcome to Learning to Live, where I talk about what I'm currently learning. Come join me in learning how to live a quality life. Just a quick disclaimer before we get started. I'm not a medical doctor, and this information is not intended to be taken as medical advice. And in this episode, I may talk about mature topics. Keep that in mind if you have little ears around. Hey guys, welcome back. So today's episode is going to be on endometriosis. So I'm just going to share a bit about my story and about the things that I've learned about it that um, apparently can help with it. So yeah, let's just get started. So I had been told that I have endometriosis and I had it for um, quite a while. It was seen on an ultrasound by a doctor, but never told to me. Um, I'm not sure how long it has been. It could have been close to 10 years, or it could have just been a year ago that they found this out without telling me. So, yeah, those are around the times that I had an ultrasound, and um, they would have been looking in those areas. And, but I later was told that I had endometriosis and that could be contributing to the pain I was having. So after um, miscarriages, I would have extreme pain and it didn't make sense. Like I had a lot of back pain and kind of felt like um, anything that would touch would, I don't know, just hurt. Um, it felt like something was poking me, um, and it was mainly on my, yeah, mainly on my back, but overall, the pelvic area was really inflamed, really painful. It didn't make sense because I figured my body should have healed already from the miscarriage. It had been over a month, and I had been, I had been starting to feel better, and then I would start to do more, and then it would just, like, flare up like crazy and it just didn't make any sense because like like why is it doing this so at first um i was very certain i had an infection so i did have an infection um both times and um that got treated but i figured the infection maybe wasn't gone and or maybe um it was some other health problem and we were really concerned, so we were looking into it, and there didn't seem to be anything specifically wrong, except that this was brought to my attention. So that was a bit shocking to find that out, that um, I have endometriosis. I right away started researching about it, trying to understand it, trying to figure out how to better... Um, to help myself because I didn't want to just take like painkillers and live with that and I know some people do surgery and that helps them temporarily um, but then they sometimes need surgery again to get rid of the extra tissue and all that which um, yeah so it's helpful but then it can come back again and yeah so I didn't really want I don't I didn't really want to go through surgery um, I kind of wanted that to be a last resort type of thing. And I heard some people talking about like things that they had done. So I really wanted to like really research it. 
So, um, yeah, I was in a lot of pain, um, and I was given, like, a painkiller, um, when I was at the doctor, so I did try taking that, and that helped a bit with getting rid of the inflammation, and I didn't think that the inflammation was good either, so I didn't want to leave that and have the pain still, and, like, yeah, shouldn't, um, just suffer with the inflammation and pain, because that can cause more problems on its own, right? So, um, I did that, but I wanted to research what would help, like, just overall with, um, helping my body in that way. So, what I had found was, um, big time, what causes, um, endometriosis is estrogen dominance. So a lot of, I have talked about that in past episodes, but it's like it didn't click in my head, um, fully until I grasped what was going on in my life. Um, so it's like when something becomes personal, then it means more, right? It's like those things pop out more when you hear about it because you can relate. So, um, yeah, researching about it has been really helpful. Um, so with estrogen dominance, what that does is, um, it causes a lot of problems. It can cause endometriosis, it can cause cysts, it can cause um, fibroids or tumors or like um, weight gain. Um, if you want to learn more about the estrogen dominance, you can um, listen to my one episode with that. But um, yeah, so like I understood that it would do that and I kind of was speculating that I was estrogen dominant already and a lot of people are estrogen dominant in this area, like in the world, um, especially in North America, because there's a lot of like plastics, there's a lot of um, like microwaving and people microwaving plastics and just um, and pesticides um, and stress increases estrogen. And I'm not sure um, how that all fully works. I'm not sure if it's because progesterone decreases with stress and then um, there will be estrogen dominance or if estrogen alone increases with stress. And from my understanding, I heard that estrogen will increase, but yeah, I'm not sure if it's just because progesterone is decreasing. But either way, estrogen will be higher w under stress. And even if your estrogen levels are normal and your progesterone is decreasing, it'll still create an estrogen-dominant-like symptoms. So you might be getting tests done and your hormones seem normal, your estrogen seems normal, but if your progesterone is lower, and progesterone can fluctuate depending on um, your environment, your stress levels, and everything, um, and your health, then that may, um, you may seem healthy, but really your hormones are out. So yeah, estrogen dominance is very common. Um, even birth control. So birth control really um, affects the hormones. It, people will go on birth control to help with endometriosis, but it's kind of a temporary thing. And when you go off, like it's messing with the hormones, um, estrogen dominance with that, which will just feed it more. Um, so yeah, to really fix the problem, 
that's what I was wanting to do. I didn't want to um, just a, like have a band-aid solution. I wanted an actual solution to my problem. And I also learned that not only do women have estrogen dominance, but men and children can get it as well. Because we're all exposed to estrogen or estrogen um, mimicking things. So men who have like... Um, like man boobs or um, like beer bellies or things like that. Or if they have um, liver problems, they are more likely to have estrogen um, dominance as well because your liver detoxes the excess estrogen. So if your liver is not functioning, then um, that will happen. And that's for women as well. If your liver, um, if you have an overloaded liver or just overall liver problems, that will happen. So, to so the solutions that I found were to detox the liver um, to get rid of that excess estrogen, and then to take a few other um, herbs to help with like the hormones um, to. Yeah, help with balancing those hormones, specifically chasteberry. I recently did um, an episode on chasteberry or Vitex, whatever you want to call it. And um, yeah, so I have a, what would you call it, um, a supplement that is from Lauren. Um, she creates a bunch of different supplements and I was she has a few YouTube videos explaining um, estrogen dominance as well and there's a few other people on YouTube I've listened to Dr. Berg he has a few things about estrogen dominance so if you're really trying to like understand it there's a few people who talk about that and you could like really look into uh, more ways to better your health in that way yeah, and some people like um, will also eliminate like GMO stuff and all of that because all these things mimic the estrogen and will just cause more problems as well as dairy. Um, they have the growth hormones so that will increase the tissue growth and you don't want that as well. But yeah, I started taking Cycle Smart by Lorna. Vanderhoek, I will probably say her last name wrong, um, but Smart Solutions is the brand, and Cycle Smart is the name, um, I think it just changed names, it used to be, I don't even remember what it used to be, but it's for kind of just regulating cycles, um, helping with irregular menstrual cycles, and helping relieve PMS symptoms. They also say that it will help with endometriosis, help with um, like hormone, like excess estrogen, right? Um, PCOS, cysts, fibroids. So like estrogen dominant symptoms. It'll really help with, it detoxes the liver. So it's a very gentle detoxing cleanse because it has the the plants that um, kind of detox, they are the, I believe it's cruciferous. Um, they're like the broccoli, the kale, um, cauliflower, 
things like that. Um, they help with detoxing a little bit, like a gentle detox. They help with getting rid of the excess estrogen. So another thing I really wanted to mention was when you have estrogen dominance, it'll cause thyroid problems. So if you get rid of that excess estrogen, it can help with the thyroid. Like, um, yeah, so that, that I thought was really interesting because a lot of people have thyroid problems and it, it's not common to look at what's causing it, right? So to look at if it's estrogen dominance, then um, to fix that, right? And yeah, so if it's everywhere, then um, to really minimize your exposure to it would be really helpful. It also has turmeric, will, which will decrease inflammation, um, rosemary extract, green tea extract, which I've heard can be helpful as well, and calcium D-glucarate. So I've heard that's helpful as well, and idol 3 carbonyl <laughs> and zinc, and chasteberry, like I was saying before. So chasteberry is more of a progesterone um, type of supplement. It helps with increasing progesterone. So progesterone is a precursor hormone and it helps with regulating other hormones. And when that's too low, then you get estrogen dominance. So that one's important to increase and that also I've heard that it can help with balancing the hormones as well. Um, and zinc, I heard, was really good for the endometriosis um, with the tissue, and I think they were saying it helped with repairing tissue, or I'm mixing up with another one. Um, I know some people say iodine, but that's not in this supplement specifically. Um, some people will take it from like sea kelp, the iodine from there, which is um, really helpful with decreasing because like an iodine um, deficiency can cause these cysts and um, fibroids and all of that so some people take that and it decreases those as well as vitamin C and vitamin E and I heard also B vitamins are very important as well and magnesium is good because it relaxes muscles and it's kind of calming, um, decreases inflammation. Also another vitamin you'd want to make sure you're taking is vitamin D, so that's an anti-inflammatory. Also helps with hormones and um, boosting the immune system. So some people who have endometriosis, it's an immune response. Um, some people believe that it is immune response. or immune reaction. So I guess I didn't fully um, explain endometriosis and I'll try to give it more of an explanation if I, I can't fully remember how detailed I went in the beginning or if I did really go detailed in the beginning. But if I didn't, I'll do it now. And I'm sorry it's a little bit scattered but I feel like this information is just floating around in my brain and it's really hard to give it out. Um, really structured. But anyways, so endometriosis is kind of like a disease characterized by infertility, painful periods, and painful intercourse. So they are tissues or cells 
that normally grow inside the uterus, but they um, abnormally grow outside of it. So I believe there's one called endometriosis or a similar name anyways, it starts with an A. That one I believe the tissue actually abnormally grows inside of the uterus. But it's still, um, symptoms are very similar, but it's a little bit different. Um, and it may have a link to the immune reaction, like I was saying before. So, um, a lot of people believe um, just boosting the immune system would be really helpful for endometriosis. And, like plant sterols, and I may have messed up the word a bit, but yeah. And um, omega-3, so that kind of can decrease inflammation as well. And so from my understanding, it seems like endometriosis is a kind of a side effect of like showing there is another problem. So it's kind of an indicator of your health, right? Because... Your hormones are out, therefore your body is um, having that excess tissue growing in the wrong spots because of that hormone, like the estrogen is those um, reproductive hormones, um, promote the growth, right? And then it's growing places it's not supposed to because there's too much of the hormones. And then it can cause scar tissue. Um, I believe some people say that that can like grow extra nerves or something and cause more pain. So yeah, it's um, a crazy thing. A lot of people go through a lot of pain. It can be all throughout their cycle, just maybe a few days before their, their menstrual cycle and then they have no pain right after, but then the pain will start up again. Um, as the lining thickens and as um, during ovulation they might have pain if there's tissue on there um, because wherever the excess tissue is growing um, that will cause the inflammation and when it's like when it's doing its job right or trying to and some people will not ovulate because of the tissue over the ovaries um, some people have chocolate cysts all of that, um, yeah, some tissue can block the fallopian tube, there's a risk for ectopic pregnancies, or like miscarriage, or just overall infertility with endometriosis. So some people will have the surgery to get rid of that excess tissue, and they're able to get pregnant easily after that and that's the solution for them. Some people get pregnant um, when they're able to finally get pregnant it actually will de decrease the endometriosis. I don't know if um, like it might actually do that for them um, but that's probably not for everyone because again it's very hormone dependent. So if your hormones are fine after that might help with that or um, yeah like if your hormones go crazy after so 
one thing that I heard was after a pregnancy, people can have increased estrogen, like estrogen dominance because the hormones can be imbalanced after and all of that. So then they can get, some people will only get PCOS after a pregnancy. I've heard that before, or maybe it was just um, accentuated then, but yeah, they were t they got they were like having difficulty getting pregnant after that and showing all these PCOS symptoms after their pregnancy, um, even endometriosis after a pregnancy or maybe the symptoms flared up more. But yeah, so I will try to summarize this. So estrogen dominance is um, it can be to do with an overloaded liver. So you want to be able to detox that excess estrogen. Um, so there are foods that can do that. It's like uh, those vegetables, the cruciferous, I believe I said before, with the kale, um, broccoli, cauliflower, and there are a few other ones, but those are the main ones I know. So some people believe you need to have about six to eight cups of vegetables a day. Try to go organic as much as possible. Um, yeah, so if you can go organic, that eliminates those pesticides and like the GMO and all of that. Um, because with that, that will those pesticides and stuff will like attach to the estrogen receptors, increasing that estrogen and causing havoc in your body and just a lot of problems and you don't want that. So it's very important to really like eliminate or minimize those pesticides and help your liver detox all of that excess estrogen. Um, also being overweight can cause estrogen dominance or it can be estrogen dominance causes a person to be overweight therefore causing a crazy cycle like that. Because the cells uh, manufacture and store estrogen um, can cause, or insomnia can cause estrogen dominance because it decreases melatonin, which naturally opposes estrogen. Uh, also stressed and the like taxed adrenals, so high cortisol competes with the progesterone. For the receptor sites, adrenals will convert progesterone to cortisol um, under like stress, so to decrease stress is very important. Um, digestion, like poor digestion, will really affect that. So if you have a gut um, dysbiosis, that will really affect your ability to get rid of the excess estrogen. Your gut is like a, a second brain, so you really want to make sure that is just like it's healthy. Um, so like food sensitivities or constipation or other like gut problems that can definitely be a cause like leaky gut even. Candida. So that produces estrogen like um, things and um, affects the ability to detox. Um, allowing estrogen to re-enter the body. So you really want to detox and um, deal with your candida if you have candida. 
there are some diets people go on for that, but it's a lot of work for that, like, yeah. Um, also my, I know someone who went to Limestop and got their candida, um, treated and helped there. And that was a little bit of a shorter time. I thought that was a month or two weeks or... Um, I can't fully remember, but it was something along those lines. It was a few weeks. So, a poor diet or even a nutrient deficiency. Um, even having high caffeine, alcohol, those types of things will increase your estrogen. Even an underactive thyroid will slow down the liver and then um, there will be more estrogen in the body. And again, like I was saying before, estrogen dominance can also affect the thyroid, so then that can be a cycle that just messes with the body. Blood sugar imbalance, so high insulin will affect the sex hormones. It'll lead to like fat being extra fat being stored or causing fat deposits or fatty deposits in the liver. Um, yeah, so you want to correct your, like, really, I would recommend limiting sugar or, um, completely eliminating it because sugar really affects a lot more than I think a lot of people realize. It causes inflammation, so if you have endometriosis, you really do not want to do that. A lot of people believe because of this, um, sugar increases estrogen because of all the things it does. Um, so you would want to really limit sugar or eliminate it. Um, yeah, so external sources that, like things outside of the food and um, whatever, would be like birth control, like I said before, and like plastics and some people even say tap water. There are a few people that have mentioned that. Because um, it would depend on where you live, right? And um, also what your pipes are made of or whatever, right? Like, again, plastics, right? Um, chemicals. So some people's water has a lot of chemicals in it. Um, I'm not sure what all they um, are talking about with tap water, but that's my understanding of what would affect the hormones. Also, foods like, so, um, ground meat and, like, dairy. Um, there's a lot of, like, hormones and stuff, right? Like, growth hormones and pesticides and GMO. And, like, what are the things eating that you are buying, right? Are they grass-fed, um, like, all the time? Or, um, are they fed things that have pesticides because what they're eating will affect you so you want to really be careful with that and I know I can get really expensive but I like to think of it as my health is worth it and there are certain things that are worse than others like I've heard um, if you want to do organic it's important to try to do meat um, I try to do vegetables like I've heard Peppers are really bad. Um, what is it? Potatoes? For sure, apples, strawberries, I think someone said spinach. 
but there's like a few ones, uh, I think they call them, I forget what they call them, but there are specific ones that they are worse for the um, pesticides and all that garbage. They will affect you worse because of their, um, I guess you could call it toxicness. <laughs> um, yeah, so like, you can wash them off of the outside, but like, obviously they're like, it's not just what's on the outside. Like, the whole food is affected by it. And I think a lot of times people can think that, well, you just wash it off and it's fine. But either it's going to be absorbed or, um, yeah, because I've heard of people who have worked on, like, worked on, like, is it farms or whatever with a lot of chemicals and they were not allowed to get those chemicals on them. And those things are on our food. And, like, they would freak out if that happened. So, like, knowing that, I'm, I try to do more organic. And, of course, there are times I don't always, but I definitely try to because I know that it's better for my health. Um, some people will do their own gardening then because that eliminates a lot of the toxins. Um, also, if... To make sure, yeah, your de your liver is working good. And some people say, like, if your liver isn't working good, it's not going to be a few weeks and then it's better. It could be, like, a year or so. Like, it's going to slowly improve. And if you have a bad liver, it's going to take a bit to even notice you have a bad liver. Like, it can be 90% not functioning and you won't notice it. That's what I think I heard somewhere. So, like, your liver is amazing in the way that I think you could get it, like, part of it donated and uh, you could still be fine. Like, your liver is pretty cool that way. So it can, like, fix itself and all of that. Your body's pretty amazing. Body's... God made our body so amazing. Um, yeah, so that can help. There was another thing that helped with getting rid of the excess tissue, and I thought that was really amazing. And... Um, it was called serapeptase, so S-E-R-R-A-P-E-P-T-T, -E -E <laughs> sorry, A-S-E. So it's supposed to help with pain and inflammation, and I found it on some YouTube videos somewhere, um, but they were talking about how it helps with getting rid of that excess tissue, uh, but I'm not exactly sure which... Uh, video I found it in, but that'd be something to look into if you're wanting to relieve symptoms. They were talking about how it uh, decreased the pain very quickly, so yeah, that might be really helpful if that's something you're struggling with. And um, an important thing to note would be the supplements or like the vitamins you are getting, you want to make sure that they are organic um, and that they're more of a, like they're not synthetic because, I don't know, it's like not, <laughs> it's good for your body. So yeah, those are just little things I wanted to mention as well.
and other things that you would want to eliminate from or really um, decrease but if you can eliminate them so a lot of shampoos um, like soaps other things plastics chemicals like cleaners cosmetics like cleaning products um, will also like create the excess estrogen as well affecting the estrogen receptors and causing more estrogen and causing that imbalance so like shampoos the I think it says I think they were saying um, what was her name Lorna like I was saying she had some YouTube videos she was talking about the paraben paraben something like that um, that if there's something like that in your shampoo or if in things like um, cosmetic stuff or lotions even like sunscreen that will um, affect your estrogen that can increase it so be careful with the products that you get really look into what may cause estrogen dominance um, because a lot of the people in the world have estrogen dominance and even if you don't have endometriosis and you're just listening to understand it or um, be more aware of like what might be going on in someone else's life then or if you have estrogen dominance it'd be a good thing to use as a preventative like if you have estrogen dominance you definitely don't want to get endometriosis or cysts or other problems so it'd be good to deal with that right away um, yeah also, some herbal teas might help with your symptoms of endometriosis. I just did an episode on chamomile tea. If you want to listen to that, I kind of talk about it, um, how it helps with PCOS. Um, that's decreasing the male hormones. Um, you might want to listen to that and then research it for yourself to see if it's something that you want to try for endometriosis. Um... Yeah, the product I was taking um, with Vitex in it, that one, I really believe that would be good. I've heard some people using that for endometriosis and finding relief as well. Um, because a lot of people will be put on birth control because of like your body's, um, there's a lot of the progesterone, right? So if their periods stop, then that'll help with um, the bot body not always redoing the lining, right? And then that won't cause as much pain and discomfort for some people. Um, but that's, in my opinion, that would be kind of like a band-aid solution. Um, it's only temporarily gonna do something, but not a long-term um, fix or solution. So for myself, I want something that is going to completely like um, just help my body, heal my body. Uh, I don't want something that's just fixing that problem. I want it to be fixing the actual problem that's causing it. So yeah, um, overall just decreasing in um, estrogen and then using things to decrease inflammation as well. I've heard some people um, struggle with infections more because of the endometriosis and um, they walk around, if they walk around or do more exercise, 
it causes more inflammation because of the oxygen and all of that. Um, the immune system is just fighting all of that craziness in the body and causing a lot of inflammation and pain. So inflammation is often um, an immune response to the like the body is having. Um, yeah, so... And also if the lining is shedding in other areas that it's not supposed to be, that's going to cause extra pain that you're not supposed to have. Yeah, so I know this one was a little bit scattered and hopefully you were able to get something out of it. Oh, I wanted to also mention progesterone cream. Some people will take that if they're low in progesterone. So a lot of people um, can actually be low in progesterone, which will cause estrogen dominance, right, and then the um, endometriosis and all those other problems. So they'll take progesterone cream. There's a few brands I've heard of, like Emerita, Progest, progesterone cream. That one I've heard a lot of good things from. I've also heard of the Now brand, natural progesterone cream. Um, I've tried the Now progesterone cream. I find it very calming. Um, helps me sleep a lot better. But you always need to switch where you're putting it. Um, I don't fully understand why, but it helps with absorbing it into your body, like when you rub it onto your skin. It goes into the bloodstream and then, yeah. So it kind of helps with, um, it can decrease pain and just helping with those symptoms. So I hope that this episode at least was helpful for someone, um, that it could, yeah, help someone with their endometriosis or at least help someone understand what endometriosis is. And yeah, I hope you guys feel better soon or have an amazing day. See you next time. Bye.